This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Friday the 10th of June. Justin, Airbnb has copped a bit of a spray from the ACCC for misleading Aussie customers. Get this. The ACCC said Airbnb was displaying prices with just a dollar sign without making it clear that the prices were actually in US dollars. It's fair to say that most of us dread this cold weather, but one company is begging for more. Surely not. Paddy's Foods, the owner of 4 and 20 Pies, say their sales were up 9% thanks to the recent cold weather. (laughs) Heating on, electric blanket on, pie in mouth. (laughs) Three scrumptious stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first. Spotify has announced its whopping ambition to crack $100 billion in revenue annually in the next 10 years. Love this for Spotify, Brett. What is the story? Okay, Spotify is the out-and-out leader when it comes to the audio streaming space. We're talking 422 million monthly active users. And that, my friend, includes 182 million paying subscribers. Pretty good conversion. And now, Brett, the company's just held its first ever Investor Day since going public back in 2018. Yep, it expects to reach $100 billion in annual revenue in the next 10 years. Might I remind you, that is nearly (laughs) 10 times its 2021 revenue of $11.4 billion US dollars. But Brett, to do that, it's planning to enter new types of content over the next 10 years that would boost its average revenue per unit. Ah, so what's the key learning here? Average revenue per user, or ARPU, is the average amount of revenue generated by each active user of your product or service. It's often used by telco Mm -hmm. companies or digital media companies as an indicator of unit economics or profitability. And Brett, it's generally calculated by dividing the total revenue by the number of users or subscribers. So each paying subscriber brings in around $62 worth of revenue each and every year. So what are the ways that Spotify can increase its ARPU? Well, there's reducing any discounts to students (laughs) or families. There's adding new revenue generating features. Or the harshest, raising those prices (laughs) on existing products. For our second story, Revlon might put its Aussie subsidiary up for sale as it tries to find ways to pay down its debts and stay alive. Ain't good news, Jazzy Boy. Mm -hmm. What's happening with this one here? So we know Revlon, they're the multinational cosmetic, skincare and fragrance company. It was founded 90 years ago. And Revlon set up its Aussie division in 1956. And Justin, Revlon has had some pretty big names in its celeb roster. We're talking fragrances from Britney Spears, Jennifer Aniston, even Mariah Carey. But now it's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. In fact, the whole company's future is hanging in the balance. They just survived bankruptcy in 2020 after restructuring a heap of their debts. But now those debts have matured again, so Revlon is in a world of pain. And Brett, the ironic thing is Revlon Australia, it's actually performing pretty well. They generated $4 million in net profits last year. But Jazzy Boy, given that the parent company has some pretty big debts to pay, it might look to sell off its Aussie subsidiary to pay those debts down. So what is the key learning here? A subsidiary is a company that's owned by a parent company, but operates as a separate entity. There are a number of reasons why large companies set up parent and subsidiary structures. It could be to allow the subsidiary to pursue new business opportunities without risk to the parent company. There might be some tax advantages associated with it. And uh, it also limits the liabilities of one company if the other fails. So when multinational companies collapse into bankruptcy, their subsidiaries generally remain unaffected. But if the parent company enters into bankruptcy, Mm -hmm. it could sell stock in the subsidiary company to raise cash to pay down those debts. And Brett, Revlon wouldn't be the first time we've seen this happen. Steinhoff International sold all its Aussie assets to pay off its debts overseas. That sale included plush, Mm -hmm. freedom furniture, fantastic furniture. So we'll just have to see how this one pans out for 
rev line. We will. For our third and final story, BuzzFeed's stock price has lost more than a third of its Ooh. value after the company's pre-IPO lockup agreement expired. No listicle can save this company anymore, <laughs> Brett. What is the story? Okay, so BuzzFeed is the online news entertainment company mm-hmm. behind all those quirky quiz and list articles. Take this quiz to find out which Riverdale character you are. Here are 25 ways to tell if you're a 90s kid. <laughs> Brett, BuzzFeed went public via a special purpose acquisition merger late last year. AKA a SPAC. But now its post-IPO life has been a little rocky to say the least. And its stock just tanked 40%, which takes its market cap below what it was worth in 2011. What is the reason for all of this? Well, Brett, it's quite simple. The lockup arrangements for their pre-IPO shareholders just expired. Right, so what's the key learning here? An IPO lockup is the period of time that major shareholders need to hold onto their shares post-IPO. In other words, major shareholders who invested in the company prior to the IPO, mm-hmm. they're not allowed to sell their shares until that IPO lockup period expires. And why do these lockup periods exist? Well, it helps to ensure the market isn't flooded with available shares for sale at the time just after a company goes public. You know, those investors who want to ride the IPO explosion on day one <laughs> and then disappear into the night. But when this lockup expires, it's a free-for-all. And Brett, because BuzzFeed hasn't delivered in terms of their performance, pre-IPO shareholders were pretty keen to get out before things got a little worse. Which is why we saw a mass sell-off and BuzzFeed shares go down the drain. Mm. Flux fam, this weekend, if you're hanging out with friends, they're asking you what's been up, tell them that you've been listening to the What The Flux podcast. Five minutes, snappy, easy way to understand and get your business news. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on Monday.